time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, and welcome to today's show. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things I want to talk about today is people taking responsibility for their sexual behavior and enough of this thing about being you know the the selfishness and the self-centeredness and where this is coming from is there's been a growing trend to for men to stop using protection particularly condoms and using the withdrawal method now here's the deal with the withdrawal method you might as well be signing up for father's day Okay, the thing that most people so they're being told this will work or they're trying to convince their partners it will work in the pre ejaculate when a man is has gotten sexually stimulated, there are enough sperm in there to create a child. And there's also the issue of what about protection, not just for them, but for their partner and. When I see, you know, the guys doing the the stalking type of put a condom on and then in the middle of it, take it off so they get more sensation, wow, talk about selfish. But the issue here is, look, if you know that, you know, the, the pulling out method is not a, it's not a, you know, a secure method at all, and I remember one time going in to get my dry cleaning and the gentleman who was the, he and his family ran the company, very good looking single guy, you know, mid forties. And he had, (laughs) and they knew what I did, uh, you know, my books and my seminars. And he literally came up to me and his face was white. And he said, I need to ask you a question. I said, okay, now understand, this is a guy who's 44, okay? He was not 19. He was not 17. And he was very desired in his particular community. So he said, is it possible to get someone pregnant when when you've, you know, pulled out? And, you know, the look on his face was absolute panic. So I, you know, I didn't want to smile and say, you've got to be kidding me that you're asking this. My brain said it, but I looked at him and I said, uh, yes. And may I ask why you're asking? And the woman he was dating was mm, 
about a week late. And now, women can be late for a number of different reasons. They may be dehydrated. They may have a lot of stress. They may be taking, you know, um, certain medications. They may just cycle, you know, not like some women who it's like every 28 days, boom, or every 30 days, boom. Some women, it, is very, it varies also if there's been a tremendous weight loss. She may not have a, um, a, as soon as the body fat of a woman gets below a certain level, that's why many high, you know, world-class female athletes become amenorrheic, meaning they lose their periods, because there isn't, the, their body doesn't have the level of body fat that triggers their, okay, your body is ready to carry a child. Anyway, with this gentleman, I told him, yeah, absolutely, um, someone could get pregnant. And he was, I, I, I know he couldn't ask anybody else because they're, you know, his brothers and his uncles were standing there. But I said to him, I said, you have to understand that when you are inside of a woman, you may think you have control, but chances are you don't. And it really is a matter of control. And I then use the other example of, look, what do you, what do you think is going to happen if this person gets pregnant? And I will use as an example an old roommate of mine. <clears throat> and he had said, you know, I said, look, let me be really clear here. This is a woman who's looking to get pregnant. And he said he was Italian and very Catholic. And uh, he said, oh, oh, Lou, there is no way. I said, uh, yeah, there is. And I said, and by the way, if she does get pregnant, would you ask her to have an abortion? He says, oh, of course no. I said, and she knows that. Okay. Well, sure enough, there, you know, two months later, guess who was pregnant? He now has a 17-year-old son. And it was something that he, he was certainly not expecting. But when you, when you were having sex with someone, there is a possibility of a pregnancy. You have got to be responsible. And whether or not, you know, you are pro or against abortion or, you know, someone, you know, taking care of a child or not, or you want a child, this has to be something that it isn't just a one-sided agreement. I think of uh, Alanya Van Sant segment, and there was a guy by the name of Jay who had 34 kids with 17 women. And, you know, why did he never have a vasectomy? There's something about some men, they think that if they have a vasectomy, that they're going to lose all of their power as a man. Well, you know, B, I mean, and these are women, some of these women had two and three children with this guy. So, but what I look at with this is, you know, you have athletes where they're talking about, yeah, this is great. I've got, you know, the guy said he had a vasectomy, but now he just had his 14th child. There's something just, a little bit ass backwards about this, that people have got to know they are, they're setting themselves up for a, you know, 
a life-changing event. I have a friend of mine who he was very much in love with this one particular woman when he was in high school, and he went on to become a very successful uh, record producer and music producer, I should say, and he goes back for a you know, class reunion, something like that, sees her, has sex with her once. Well, that's right. His comment to me was, I love my daughter, but I really wished I'd used protection. So he now has a, you know, 12-year-old daughter. And this is something that this never, you don't ever end the relationship with the person because you have a child with them. And for me, you know, whether you, stealthing, you know, the newest trend to, you know, take the condom off in the middle of having sex or the pull-out method, these are things that put women much more at risk than men. It makes me basically sideways crazy. So we're coming up to the first break, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back, and then I'm going to go into some more things about sex in the news. Stay with me. Here are the tunes, and I'll be right back with more fun stuff. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Pantit. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. study finds the happiest couples sleep the closest together, as in less than an inch apart. A survey of 1,000 couples found that 86% of those who kept such close perimeters reported they were satisfied with their relationship. Only 66% of couples who slept 30 inches apart or more reported being completely happy in their marriage. What's the word for getting up on the wrong side of the bed? Metutalipia. Another predictor of relationship happiness is touch. While 94% of couples who made physical contact throughout the night reported a happy relationship, just 68% of couples who kept their distance did the same. What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The word cancer is terrifying to most of us. The latest statistics from the American Cancer Association is that each year, 10.9 million people across the world are diagnosed with cancer. It's estimated that worldwide, there are 24.6 million people alive who have received a diagnosis of cancer in the last five years. Around half of these people live in Europe and North America. Do you want to reduce your chances of getting cancer? According to Science Today, exercise aids in the prevention of cancer. Exercise has been shown to strengthen the immune system, improve circulation, reduce body fat, and speed digestion. Each has a role in preventing cancer, particularly cancers of the colon, prostate, uterine lining, and breast. I'm Annette Hammond. 
you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're talking today about sexual responsibility. And what that looks like for me is people taking responsibility when they have sex and what type of contraception they're going to use. And I've spoken about, you know, a friend of mine who goes, you know, back for the high school reunion and the girl now that he's incredibly successful, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, let's see what, you know, I I know that I can seduce him because I know he was crazy about me in high school. And one night and he's, you know, she's pregnant. Well, he's now got a 12-year-old daughter. I know of other people where this guy was wanting to, he was using a condom, but she had poked holes in the end of it. And Ron had no idea that had happened until he pulled out and the end of the condom was completely shredded. So, and he knew, you know, she had supplied the condom, by the way. Um, Also, I know someone who, when they were first in the uh, National Baseball League, he was told when he was a rookie, look, we know you're going to use protection, but if you're using protection, make sure you take it with you. Do not just leave it in a bath. Do not just try and flush it down the toilet or leave it in the uh, garbage, you know, in, in the bathroom. Because what what women will do is take it and self-inseminate. Wow. But anyways, let's go on. Here's another thing. If you're trying to use tantric sex as a form of birth control, I will use one of my former yoga instructors as a example. And he was very pleased with the fact that he could control his ejaculation uh, using tantric techniques. Well, guess what? A year later, he has a child. Tantric techniques didn't work as well as those little sperm. There you go. Now, if we look at what types of contraception are used around the world, many of them are, there's like in some, you know, for the majority, it's like 36%. There is no contraception, mainly because no access to it or the women do not have their own sexual agency, meaning they cannot use their own, you know, they, they can't say, no, I, I you know, want to plan my pregnancies. And for example, in Iran, the most common form of birth control is the withdrawal method, which we know is not the, it's about 78% effective. But the, the, the real thing boils down to the majority of the responsibility about sexuality and the pregnancy ends up falling on the woman. So, you know, for some women, 19% of women worldwide uh, use female sterilization or they use an IUD, 
the pill, 8%. Male condoms is only 7%. So only 7% of the world relies on the man taking responsibility for protection. Well, okay, we're going to go to, let's add in the 2% for male sterilization. But that's invariably after there have been children. So withdrawal is something that, yeah, it can work. But the big thing is, it's not. It, it, it's really not your friend. And for anyone who is in the area of sexual health and sex education, Knowing how to find the type of protection and contraception that you want is hugely important. But, you know, there's in, you know, some short-term methods such as condoms were found to be more common in Europe and Africa, while the long-lasting methods such as the coil or permanent sterilization were more popular in North America and in Asia. So, you know, the other thing about this, you have to know that one of the main, why do people, you know, opt out against the safer method? Mainly because of cost and access to and poor availability of services. And I know for many women, Planned Parenthood has been a source for them to be able to, you know, take care of their own family planning. We know that Family planning is something that allows women to, their babies are healthier, they are healthier, if they're not having child after child after child. And the thing for most women is they do want to be good moms when they have children. But, you know, here we go. That's not necessarily the case. So interesting how in North America, in 94, the most you know, the top method of contraception in 94 was female sterilization. And it is currently the same here right now. In, currently in Europe, in 94, it was the pill. And presently, it's still the pill. South America, it's female sterilization in 94 and still female sterilization presently. Africa, it was the pill in 94 now it's an injectable, so it's more long-term. But in Oceania and Asia, in 94, it was the pill. And presently, it's still the pill. But the real thing I think is interesting is that these women, women are having to do all of the physical things to keep themselves safe. And I remember having you know, this discussion with an old boyfriend. I said, well, look, we should be sharing the cost of my oral birth control pills. And he says, why? And I said, well, because you're the person I'm having sex with. He goes, no, there's no way. He said, how do I know you're not going to go have sex with somebody else? Can I tell you how quickly things ended after that? Goodbye. And, but in his mind, he was like, nope, I don't have to, I don't have to take any of the financial responsibilities for this. Yikes. So if we talk about countries that don't have, have less, effective contraceptive use, they are invariably places where women do not have their own sexual agency. And like Albania, Serbia, Azerbaijan, Macedonia, 
Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Turkey, Congo, Montenegro, and Greece. And, you know, they're using the less effective methods of withdrawal or rhythm, you know, trying to figure out when someone is going to actually, you know, be cycling. And so this is, you know, worldwide, it's an issue. Now, vasectomies, you know, a lot of men will opt for them after they've had children. And yet they also will have the attitude, um, I don't see why I have to not, you know, be able, what, what happens if things end with this relationship, with this marriage? I may want to have more children with somebody else. Really? <laughs> I mean, I've heard men say that. I'm like, oh my God, really? But the country, the country that has the safest country in the world for sex at 82.5% of people using effective contraception is China. And that is likely as a result of still the ongoing thing of you can't have, you know, too many children. Uh, when I was in China, we were there for an event um, a presentation, and I remember, you know, women saying that if they got pregnant, they were forced to have an abortion if they'd already had one child. They were not allowed to have, and that was that one-child policy. Now, switching from taking sexual responsibility to being a good friend, okay? There are times for all of us when we are dealing with someone who is in a breakup. So, People will often ask me, what, how can I help my friend who is in the middle of a divorce or in the middle of a breakup or the middle of a meltdown of a relationship? And one of the most important things you can do, bar none, the most important thing you can do, listen well. Many times, it's not necessarily you who has to give them the solution. The solution is inside of them. You know, I love this. <laughs> I had a friend of mine who said, people will make this comment about, well, it ended badly. Well, things usually don't end when they're going really well, do they? <laughs> they end because they are going badly. But when, if you are initially judgmental, that is going to put, uh, it, the thing you're trying to do when someone's asking you, is to de-escalate the heightened feelings. Now, listen, if someone has been fooling around and the other person knows it, you know, there are times when people don't want to know someone's fooling around and, you know, they're willing to stay where they are. Yet for others, it's they wanted to know and they wanted to move on with their life. Difficult to do, there's no question, when children are involved. Yet, I've also asked people when they're in the middle of this, when they know that they want to be out of this relationship, that it has been, you know, gone for, you know, decades. I'm going, like, look, what is, what is the message? You are giving your own children about this because kids pick up on everything. They know when things are not working well. And I ask, are, and I've had people tell me, their own children say to them, why aren't you going? Why aren't you divorcing her? You have nothing together. And they've been saying this to him since mm, they were about 15. They're now 30. 
Um, anyway, so when we come back, we're coming up to our um, mid-show break. Any questions you have, you can reach me at office at loupaget.com. That's L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T.com. Uh, just send and say, you know, radio show question or question. I answer everything myself. So you will get the information straight from me. Here come the tunes. And when we come back, we'll talk about more of how to help. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Does winter weather give you the blues? Well, you're not alone. A recent poll by the Associated Press says four in ten Americans say weather definitely affects their mood and winter is by far the season most likely to leave them feeling down. When it's cold outside, given the choice between grabbing an extra blanket or snoozling with someone special, most people choose snuggling. More people decide to start dating in the winter as well. I guess we all need someone to snoozle with. What's a word for a person who is fond of cold weather? A chymophiliac. But whatever your climatic preference is, seems people are just playing into the weather. Still, whoever is praying for snow, please stop. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. particular food item that you absolutely crave to the point of madness, then you're an opsomaniac like me. I love avocados, for instance, probably because avocados have more protein, fat, and calories than any other fruit. Some folks are afraid of the avocado, nicknaming it the alligator pear for slippery and yucky. What's the word for the fear of food? Cityophobia. Talk about yummy snacks, let's not forget potato chips. A pound of potato chips costs 200 times more than a pound of potatoes, or tater tatties as Aussies call them. The slang word spud derives from the spade-like tool used to dig them out. What's another word for mashed potatoes? Pachi pachi. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Um, just before the break, I was talking about how to help someone who's going through a breakup or a divorce or, you know, dealing with the meltdown of a relationship. Because for many people, that has to be without, without a doubt, one of the most derailing things that happen in their life. And, you know, 
I think the only thing that for many is worse is, or, you know, a bigger is like the death of um, uh, a parent or a spouse. And that's another grieving thing. But the same thing happens here. Um, people go through a grief process. And there are many times when, as I said before, the most important thing you do is listen well. And don't embellish on things. Stick with facts only. The, there's been times when people, it, you know, when they start to discuss things and they're going over it, they'll blame themselves and say, you know, I should have known. There's really something more that I should have done. I should have been aware of this. Look, you know, there are times when, when someone has made up their mind that they want to end a relationship, there's not a thing that someone can do. Not a thing. And, you know, as I say, you could fly to the moon without wings. It would still not be enough because the person's already made their mind up. They've decided they're leaving it. doesn't matter if the person tries to do everything. And that's what will often happen when people, uh, things will be in such a state of breakdown, but then they'll say that they're going to go to couples therapy. But the issue with couples therapy is that many times there's been so much that's been said, not said, done or not done. And the, the issue is there really isn't anything to fix. I describe it as like a, a pail where it doesn't matter. I mean, at some point, each one of those things is like a puncture wound in that pail. By the time, so you can pour all the money that you want. I've already asked about money. <laughs> Oops. All the, the feelings and considerate water, put that into that pail. But I'm telling you right now, it will still go down to the one level because many people have not had enough schooling in the area of relationships for, you know, to resolve conflicts. They just don't know how to. And when you're dealing with someone who is angry about being in a relationship, upset or wants to end it, the important thing is to end the real negativity and start in an area to keep us, you know, to keep things de-escalated and also so that the person will have the time to start their own healing process. Now, each person is unique. So if you're there trying to help someone, your job is not to tell them when they will heal at all because everyone does it on their own timetable. And I remember one time uh, I was complaining about something and this gentleman said to me, uh, I was talking about, you know, the end of something. And I said, oh my God, I said, I just keep going on and on and on. Um, and he just looked at me, he said, Lou, when you're, when you're finished talking about it, you'll be finished talking about it. But until you're finished talking about it, you're not finished. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. And that gave me so much permission that, and literally it was like a switch that when all of a sudden I, I was like, Oh Lord, I cannot tell that story one more time. And that was the end of it. It was like, I am boring myself to tears. So if you are, you know, with someone, they'll say things, you know, say things. And then 
you know, if the, if the important thing is to help them to take them away from the situation, that's another thing you can be doing. Or you can ask them, how can I help? And it may be that they want you to come over and have some serious glasses of wine with them. Or it may be, I just want to go for a walk. Or it could be, you know, can I just, you know, come over and just hang out with you because they're lonely? Or would you watch my kids? Something. But the important thing is to let them know their judgment is okay. That's one of the big things that happens with people is they think because somebody else over, you know, the other person changed their mind or made other decisions that the person who is being left, they can't trust their judgment. Well, they can trust their judgment because they trusted their judgment with the information that they had at hand. And there was a woman when I was selling real estate and she was probably 35, divorced with two little kids. And the reason she'd gotten divorced, speaking of sexual responsibility, like at the top of the show, her husband had came home and gave her an STD. That was that. And he was a really good looking guy who fooled around on her all the time. That was, that was the end of that. But she, I remember her saying to me, the toughest thing about all of this is that I really feel like I can't trust my own judgment. And she said, I'm having to learn to do that again. And for your friend to know that there are others that have gone through this and they came out the other side and they're still whole and they're still okay, that is, you know, that's another example to them. You know, pointing out that there will be better times. They may be angry right now. They may be grieving the end of it. They may be, you know, totally pissed off. They may be furious. They may be, you know, their whole lifestyle is going to change. They're having to move. And, you know, there's a lot of things in there, you know, that can have people be really upset. All of the dreams that they had are now gone. The, the, the awareness that they had of who they were in many cultures. If a couple gets divorced, the status of the woman drops dramatically. And I remember having this conversation with a woman who happened to live in uh, Singapore. Uh, and she was spending all of her time here because of her, uh, one of her children. And we're having a dinner party, and another friend and I, and she was saying, well, you know, there's all these women, you know, when he goes to yoga class that they're there and, they're, you know, they're, you know, all over him. And, you know, <laughs> the woman who was hosting the dinner party, she and I both looked at this woman and said, you go back and make sure you take care of your territory. Because what is happening right now is that he is not being acknowledged. And this is an older man. So this he was from that generation that, you know, men are, you know, looked after. And... We just said to her, look, you go and take care of this. Otherwise, you are not going to have a husband to come home to. And if that were the case, her entire status would change dramatically. But, you know, the, there are times, you know, if you're dealing with someone who is dealing with a very traumatic breakup, if there's been abuse, if there's been, you know, uh, physical violence, if there's been financial attacks, and 
you'll be dealing with someone who really is in a state of PTS, post-traumatic stress, and things will trigger them. Sometimes, you know, it's okay, but there's other times that it's like, that's why I say facts only, and you have to be clear. And it's not a question of if you're trying to be there and be helpful to someone, you're not there as a doormat, okay? You're not. You're not there to be yelled at. You are there to be that person who listens, nods, can be empathetic. And the other thing you have to be honest about is, did you know about the event? Because sometimes people know about them and don't say anything. And that can be another form of them being, you know, uh, feeling betrayed. And there are times when your betrayal may just add to what has already happened. And I've seen it where friendships have ended because of that. When someone was, they were aware that someone, you know, who happened to be in their office was fooling around with that person, but they didn't tell them. And there are many times the person being fooled around on, they have an inkling that something's going on. They're aware. They're, it's that spidey sense. It's, you know, your second sense, particularly for women. And I had one woman one time tell me she knew immediately that her relationship was over by how his kissing had changed. And I said to her, I said, okay, go into depth. Tell me what you mean. She said, there was absolutely no passion in his kisses anymore. I was like, okay, um, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Now, the other thing you can do when you're helping someone who's going through a breakup is not about introducing them to someone new, but including them when you're doing things. Because many times people, if they've lost, they're, what happens when people end a relationship, they lose the connection to a whole social group that they had been part of. And making sure that, you know, it's not about you know, dividing up, you go with this person and you go with that person, although that does happen. But when you are someone who has been the friend with someone, it, you, there's, there's a responsibility that we have with our hearts and with our friendship to support those that, you know, that we love and we care about. You know, it could be a family member, it could be a close friend. Heck, you know, it may even be a neighbor who's going through something that is traumatic, someone gets jailed, and no one will even talk to them. And they didn't do anything, the other person did. And they then end up being socially isolated and ostracized. Okay, we're coming up to our next break. Again, you can reach me, Lou at Lou Paget or office at Lou Paget. And when we come back, we're going to talk about other ways to maintain and help your relationships when you've gone through something different. Sex Talk 
with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Well, skunks are making the news again. Seems everyone has a skunk story. A friend of mine was dozing on the couch on her patio when she felt something furry brush up against her hand. She thought it was her cat until she smelled a terrible odor. I was petting a skunk, she told me. What's a word for shocked? Timey-wimey. In Colorado, a wildlife officer was called to help a skunk whose head was stuck in a peanut butter jar. After tugging for 10 minutes, they finally freed the critter and it ran away without spraying anyone. Guess that was a fair trade, otherwise known as quitter for quarter. In Minnesota, it's illegal to tease a skunk. What's the word for teasing a skunk? Tan, tan, tanning, wart, wardling, and downright foolish. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. According to Weight Watchers, people who are overweight or obese are 60 to 90% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes as those who are not. Weight matters, and what you eat is vital to your outcome. The facts show that 35% of Americans, which is roughly 79 million over the age of 20, have pre-diabetic blood sugar levels. If you are at risk of acquiring type 2 diabetes, you need to make changes in your diet and exercise. They report that losing weight, stepping up your physical activity, and eating a well-balanced diet are all critical to staving off or controlling diabetes. Diabetes is not something you want to mess around with. Keep your health and exercise a priority in your life and keep diabetes away. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear more fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello and welcome back. Um, before the break, I was talking about how do you help someone when they're going through a breakup and, you know, probably the most important thing is listen well, not to be judgmental, trying to make sure that the person knows they're, you know, they're not going to be isolated. And also that, you know, you are there to let them know, you know what, everyone has these things they go through in their life. You know, if you don't have it happen to you, you're not human period. Now, how do you do that for yourself? Because many times people get themselves so locked into being upset that they won't try to, it's better to, in their mind, to say, this was a problem, they did this, they did that. Well, really the thing that helps most people when they go through something like this, whether it's the end of a marriage or the end of a long-term relationship or short-term or whatever it may be, 
or even, you know, getting fired from a job. Anytime there's a relationship ending, there's, it's, you know, it's a form of mental trauma. And what one also has to look at is what was my part in this? The moment you start taking responsibility for what was going on, you are going to be miles ahead of where you were if you just keep saying somebody else caused this. Invariably, most people, when, you know, they may be engaged, they may be looking at, you know, this is where we're going, and the reasons that they decided to be in the relationship may have shifted, may have changed. I know some people who have gone into relationships and with someone who knew exactly where they were going, was very, um, they were clear, they were driven, and the other person had just lost a parent and was, they were like, wow, here's something, you know, I can be attached to this and feel like, yes, this is what I want to do. But in all actuality, they didn't really want to go into the family business after, you know, the family member had died. They really didn't want to do that, but they felt obligated to do it because of pressure. And then when they finally get to a point where, as the expression goes, they could hear themselves think as opposed to hearing what everyone else thinks, they realized, you know, we aren't a good match together. <laughs> One of the terms that makes me go like this, please, is power couple. Stop immediately. Just stop. <laughs> it is like so overused. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, right. But what I do think is something is that when people, there's an, a, an expression from uh, Saint-Zupré, the French writer, and it's the um, love is a you know, love and relationships are about looking into the future in the same direction. And many times, people won't say the main reason they're in a relationship. They might know it as kind of like that little subtext. Like they won't, they don't want to be alone. That's one of the biggies. That is a biggie. And if the reason you are in a relationship is so you, is because you don't want to be alone, yeah, I mean, it's almost like start the clock ticking for why and when things are going to end. Because eventually, that little pink elephant will come out. And it's sitting in the middle of the living room at this point. Now, if, you know, and when you are looking at why did things end, the other thing to look at is, did this happen before? Was I incredibly jealous or insecure? Was I didn't have control of, you know, my temper? Did I not stop my parents from interfering in everything that was going on in my life? You have to make sure that you know your part in this, in anything in your life. Was I late constantly and that's why I got fired? Take the responsibility and the moment you do, your world will shift. 
did you, you know, is the person now married to an additional hundred pounds that wasn't there when they married you? Let's be honest. This type of a big change in body image, particularly for men, is it is often a big deal breaker. Are you no longer, you know, do you have anything in common that you like to do together? You know, someone may be more romantic than the other one. But the important thing is, what is the stuff that had the two of you get together in the first place? Was it money? Was it looks? Was it that dreaded power couple nonsense? Was it that you wanted to be parents? Because many times people won't tell the truth about why they're actually in a relationship. And if it's, you know, if it's a status thing, they wanted this. The real thing for most people is they want to be loved for who they are, not for what someone else thinks is the status being given to them. Now, let's be honest. I live in Los Angeles. It is the land of the good looking. It's also the land of who do you trust? And which is why for many people, when they become really big names, the people who are still, the people that you know they are the closest to are the people who knew them before they became really famous. And because many times, and I know, you know, for friends of mine, it's like, they're like, God, what do they want? You know, what does everybody want? And I remember speaking with a friend of mine who's a hugely well-known billionaire. And we were talking, and he just said to me, darling, whatever you do, do not ask me for money. And I said, oh, you are kidding. People do that? He said, all the time. And that's, you know, that's the thing. When someone gets to a certain level, people want to have, you know, they, they're like, hey, let's, let's see what we can get from someone. That's not what they want. They want you to just want them for them, period. So when you are ending something, I always try and urge people, do try and take the high road. It is something that afterwards, because here's what also happens. Your thoughts are things. I've said this numerous times before. Your thoughts are things. And the more that you are focused on the negativity of what happened in the relationship, the more you're going to pull in more memories, more experiences, more impact with the ex. I mean, things are, I mean, we do create, in large part, our own reality. And you're the one who can make the difference. It's all up to you. Seriously, I have watched people who have, you know, I mean, people make jokes about Gwyneth Paltrow and, you know, consciously uncoupling. Well, they know they don't want to have, you know, there obviously were things that they now wish to no longer be a couple. It used to be that people said, oh, people stay together longer, you know, at the turn of, you know, the... 1900s, 1920s, people stayed together longer. No, they didn't. They actually did not have longer marriages. We expect people to marry in, you know, the blush of, you know, I'm in love and, or, you know, I'm madly crazy about you. That lasts for a period of time, no question. But then what also happens is the real world and life experiences create, and then you have children, and then we change 
And we change throughout our entire lives. And thinking someone is going to be exactly the same at 25 and 35 as they are at 55 and 65, not happening. And people have to, you know, know that it's like falling in love again or recreating or maintaining that relationship. It doesn't happen on its own. And when I see where people have ended and it's been very contentious, who do you think ends up often, you know, they carry that forward into their next relationship, but then they also, they're not being compassionate with themselves. And, you know, yeah, someone may have done something. No question. I've had that happen. Now, do I remember that it happened? No question. But do I focus on it? No. What I focus on is what did I get out of that relationship? And I got some good things. I got some really good things. But if I choose to focus on the what is not working, that's where I'm going to stay. Now, here's the other thing. Many times when you ask people, you know, for yourself, if you know that they knew at some point that this relationship should end and they didn't do it. And when I've asked men, when they knew things were going to be ending, they were very clear. There was something like, I was sitting in the bathtub, she asked me a question, and then she said, well, then why are you even bothering with this? He said, at that moment, he said the clock was ticking. And other times, it's been a statement, but the, the woman never even knew. But the man knew. In this amount of time, things are going to be ending. So they get strategic. They are... They're clear about things that are ending. And if we're honest with ourselves, then we can be kinder and more honest to the other person. So today we're talking about, you know, the sexuality, you know, responsibility with your sexuality. Make sure that if you are being sexual with someone, take your responsibility for protection, yours or theirs. And, you know, enough of this, you know, thinking that the rhythm method, you know, pulling out the rhythm method, or selfing, taking the condom off. Not, listen, that is bad sexual karma. And, you know, if you're going to help someone in a relationship or helping them with a breakup or helping yourself, be kind. Because we all go through it. We will get through it. And, you know, the only person who can make you feel really good about yourself is you. May you all have a fabulous rest of the week or whatever time it is that you're watching this. Take care, and you can reach me at Lou at Lou Padgett. Bye for now. Here's something cool. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Padgett. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 